0: The purpose of Wealth Talk is to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain you on the subject of building your wealth. Wealth Builders recommends you should always take independent financial, tax, or legal advice before making any decisions around your finances.
1: Welcome to episode 55 of Wealth Talk. My name's Christian Rodwell, the Membership Director of Wealth Builders, and I'm joined by our founder today, Mr. Kevin Whelan. Hey,
2: Kevin. Hello, Chris. How are you
1: doing today? All right. You've been well, thank you. hope you are too. Yeah. And we're circling back round to the joint venture pillar today. And it was back in episode 50. We talked to Mike Davis originally about building wealth through joint ventures. And, and we have another guest today. And um, it would be interesting to see if there's any variations around joint venture partnerships in the business sector compared to the property um, sector.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, joint ventures is about collaboration, okay? So you can collaborate on any of the pillars, can't you? So, you know, certainly the entrepreneurial pillars where there's leverage, there's real opportunity, uh, and there's there's fantastic scope for boosting your ROIs in all the different ways ROIs can be measured, which we talked about in a couple of podcasts ago, I think, Chris. Um, I would say, you know, joint ventures is probably – one of the most exciting things because you get more than the power of one, you get one plus one equal three. So, you know, I love joint ventures. I think particularly for my wealth dynamic, which is about being creative and about being connected. I love the connectedness that goes on. And I think I'm beginning to see that and enjoying that, uh, with some of our, you know, members in the, um, in the group on there, they're just, just collaborating like mad. And, you know, it's a, just an exciting thing to do because you get learning opportunities, financial opportunities, uh, opportunity to get something done that you don't like to do. You know, just there's no end to it. So whether it's business, whether it's IP, whether it's in property, you know, joint ventures can be a, a whole subject in itself, which is why it's good to to dedicate one or two episodes to it. And uh, so we, today we're going to listen to a company that called itself Joint Ventures, right? So, you know, the very essence of the name doing what it says on the tin is Joint Ventures in Property.
1: That's right. And obviously, in the current circumstances, it's not as easy for people to be meeting face to face. But that doesn't mean that you can't still collaborate. And we'll hear from Guy, actually, how you know, they're innovating now to, uh, to obviously adapt to these different times that we're in.
2: Well, absolutely. I mean, what would be brilliant to think about, actually, if you just had a quick look at the, the world of uh, technology and how people are sharing now. You know, there's more people using Zoom and GoToMeeting and all sorts of technology. I get their share prices probably rocketed while everything else has remained low. Um, It's just interesting that the use of technology brings people together. And uh, one or two of the people over the recent difficulties, Chris, have said, you know, even though they're kind of, inverted commas, self-isolating, they're not isolated in households where they've got many people. But when you've got busy households and you're fighting for space and fighting for laptops and fighting for all sorts of different things, you know, one or two have said to me, it's still quite, it's more lonely now, you know, they can't get that collaboration, that connection that perhaps many of them really enjoy with networking, with the SaaS Alliance meetings, with other meetings they could go to. You know, They're all done for the moment, but there's still plenty of opportunity to collaborate. And I'm impressed by Joint Ventures and Property and their willingness to collaborate online, offline, and to be very focused on still helping to bring that leverage of opportunity with other people. So why don't we zoom over and have a listen to Guy Reese, who's representing uh, the company I know very well indeed out in Tunbridge Wells called Joint Ventures and Property.
1: Sure, let's uh, head over to our conversation with Guy right now. Guy, welcome to Wealth Talk. Hi, Chris, how are you? Very good, thank you. Guy, it's it's great to have you on today, been a member of our community for for a good couple of years. Tell us actually how you first got connected with uh, Kevin and Wealth Builders.
0: So I got connected. I was introduced, actually, um, there was a relationship with JVIP. So through that, I was introduced to to Kevin. And uh, yeah, really pleased to have made that connection. It's been, you know, eye opening in terms of the world of possibility of SaaS, uh, which we find hugely exciting for our business.
1: Yeah, you mentioned JVIP there. So what does JVIP stand for?
0: So JVIP stands for joint ventures in property. Um, this was something that we came up with as, you know, from the beginning, it's really important for us to ensure that our relationship with investors is mutually beneficial. Uh, and, and we summed it up with our strapline building futures together. Um, it's something that we think makes complete sense for sustainable and long term relationships. And uh, it's certainly served us well over almost 20 years.
1: Yeah. And, and who's part of JVIP? Who's the team there?
0: Uh, the, the, the team is, uh, well, the, the founders are Peter and Dick Dabner. I've uh, known the family for over 20 years, actually, and have been involved with JVIP from the start as well as an investor and also helping with uh, strategic and business development matters. Uh, and as I said, more recently, including uh, collaborations specifically with the SaaS community.
1: Mm. Now, I know you've got a long history of business and and, and property as well, guys. So, you know, let's talk about joint ventures and, and some of the kind of pros and cons, you know, why do you like joint ventures so much? What are some of the benefits that you've seen? And, you know, what are some of the common mistakes that you also see people falling into?
0: JVs work really well. Um, and over the past two decades, we've had some very successful JVs. But JVs do work both ways. And if they don't go to plan, it's important to say in the worst case, JVs really um, can end up losing money both for uh, the investor and also for us. So, you know, it is something that needs to be considered really carefully. But the pros are um, there are returns that are higher than perhaps normal uh, fixed term uh, loans which is what we do an awful lot of um, but a cautionary note there again if someone is offering very high returns and it sounds too good to be true guess what mm-hmm. it probably is so you know I think it's important just just, just to put that cautionary note out there and, and, and also the fact that property is not easy so it's really careful um, or important to be careful who you uh, joint venture with um, but as I say that, that there are successful joint ventures uh, that we do and, and, and we welcome them uh, very much. D- downsides really um, of JVs uh, unlike a fixed term loan note, a JV is often for an unknown timeline. Um, secondly, the, uh, the, there can be higher risks so uh, the market conditions may change. Um, that said, um, we always have a plan B uh, and you know if the market softens, we're in a very fortunate position to have a significant portfolio that we own uh, and also have our own uh, lettings resource to manage this. Um, but I just want to mention that that, you know, that there are always risks to consider.
1: Mm. And you know, Wealth Builders and, and uh, JVIP work very closely together. In fact, I know you were on a webinar, weren't you, uh, just a week ago or so with Kevin. So what were you talking about on there, Guy?
0: So we were already giving um, uh, the the community a sense of JVIP. I know you know a number of people are already aware of us, but clearly not everybody. And th- there were two parts to it, really. The first thing was giving uh, a sense of JVIP, where we've come from over the last twenty years, the different markets that that, that we have uh, you know managed to succeed uh, despite uh, challenges, and and also a sense of where we're going uh, in the marketplace. So we're starting to use. Uh, some modern methods of construction uh, we've got some really interesting new offerings out for sas trustees so yes it would be um uh, you know we hope that that would be a, a, of interest for people to to listen
1: mm. so on some of the things to look out for you mentioned you know things can go wrong and often people when they are looking at joint ventures they're so focused on on the result, right, uh, what they can make out of it, the profits, the returns. But Would you say that the first thing you should really think about is actually if this goes wrong, you know, how much? How much might I lose? And therefore, it's all about mitigating risk. Uh, uh,
0: mitigation is absolutely key and, and, and eyes wide open. I, I, and I think that there are four key things that, that, that I'd really mention uh, at this point and considerations. Uh, relationship, uh, risk, appetite, uh, documentation and good communications and perhaps we might take each of those in, in, in turn. Relationship for us, it's always a key word. We're very driven by that um, first of all. Um, we're especially keen to get to know people first of all before we start talking business and parties going into a joint venture must take time to get to know each other. It's really, really important. Make sure there are shared values and normally we insist on starting our relationship with an investor with one of our fixed-term loan notes um, which still produce attractive returns um, but through regular investor contact, it also allows everyone to, to develop a, a really good working relationship. The second thing I'd say there is in, a, uh, in the relationship there must be patience and flexibility. Now projects may not go exactly uh, to forecast timescales or outcome so that's really important. The second thing is risk appetite. Really understand the risks uh, uh, that the, the project Uh, uh, presents. Many people, as you said, Chris, love the idea of a joint venture and get excited about it but perhaps not consider the downsides. In the past, we've had investors who have thought JVs were for them and then they were not sleeping at night and feeling very uncomfortable. That's not good for anybody. They quickly return to our fixed-term loan notes, which they saw as lower risk, still good returns, and again, a, a fixed term. The third area, I would say, is, is, is documentation. Definitely formalise any JVs with a clear agreement, set out exactly what is required um, by each party, potential risk, etc. So some clear heads of terms and an agreement, and please do that before any funds are committed. And then finally, something that we pride ourselves on, which is good communications, so regular, ongoing interaction and reports. We have a really transparent approach and invite people uh, on-site whenever possible. Or if they're far away and given current circumstances, what we also do is we make really good use of video and online technology, so we share updates. And in fact, you, you mentioned the webinar that that, uh, that we did recently. Um, attached to that, we'll be sending out some, some examples of our um, Tour, so people, again, can, can feel and see really close to the projects.
1: Mm. Well, I know that webinar is available for our free members. It's inside the free membership site. So anyone listening now who's perhaps not a member, then we can put some details in today's show notes as to how to access and, and watch that. So... You've been in business background before, Guy, and property. Now, is there a difference between joint ventures? You know, in property, um, I would typically think you know one person's got the money, the other person's got the deal. Is that the case
0: uh, in property? I'd I'd say that's that's often the case. I mean, in in business, it outside of property, it, uh, it tends to be a much longer relationship. So clearly, you're getting to know people on a specific uh, uh, with a specific remit, property. Uh, joint ventures tend to be for a much shorter period of time. So I would say that they are simpler than a joint venture for an ongoing business. But, um, you know, for us, as I said, there are some really key steps that, that you should go through, which, which I hope I outlines pretty clearly.
1: Yeah. So is there anything that we haven't talked about with regards to joint ventures today, Guy, that, that you want to share? I,
0: I would say that um, they are a very good way of, of building your wealth. Um, You know, accepting the potential downsides that we talked about, Uh, you know, better returns can be available in joint venture uh, projects. Uh, And typically for for us, just to give you a sense of how how we work, if an investor is providing all of the funding um, uh, and we're providing obviously the opportunity and doing the work, there is a 50-50 share of profits after costs, including the, the finance costs. So just to give you a, a, a sense of that, Chris, um, a very, uh, you know, transparent, open book basis. So everyone is really, really clear on on what's going on. And the other thing that that, that, uh, that we do is we provide investors with other returns, such as return on intellect uh, with knowledge gained from participating in, in the project. So you know, we we, we have a Lend and Learn program. Um, by the way, people can also benefit from that with our fixed-term arrangements. But uh, this normally includes on-site visits, and again, as I just mentioned, uh, we're already using video and online tours. Tours, excuse me, uh, during uh, during the current uh, climate. Um, I think the other thing to mention, uh, uh, just to provide a balanced view, it is, is that we have heard of joint ventures going wrong, and they and they are typically where you know one of the partners needs to get funds out due to personal circumstances or 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 for other reasons and and this has caused problems so i would stress again the importance of clear expectations uh, rules of engagement and 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 flexibility um, we, we do everything that we can do to mitigate the risks as much as possible um, and again you know it's some of our some of our partners have had to wait longer than forecast or be flexible with their exit strategies but for us you know if you have the right jv partner and the right approach and everyone is flexible and patient like any partnership uh this is this is really the key to make them uh, work for all parties
1: guy i really appreciate you sharing with us today on wealth talk thank you very much you're welcome bye for now so relationship and values obviously key there from guy and um i guess that would lead me to the question of, of the relationship between yourself and and guy
2: well actually it was more a relationship with the family members who founded the business. I've only met Guy in recent years, but, but it's definitely a story worth telling about you know how I was surprised and delighted by a little you know, small things make huge differences. Okay. So let me tell you the story. So I had a meeting with uh, with Dick Davner and Peter Dabner, and we were just exploring the idea of funding and just trying to see you know, where we could possibly help them. And they, uh, they're in Tunbridge Wells. And basically, if you've ever been to Tunbridge Wells, you know, they're, they're masters of that town and those areas. They know everything. The planners, the departments, and they build great relationships. And you can tell that if you ever meet them. They're just, just lovely people. But anyway, I met them and I said, look, I've got to go now. Uh, it was my 25th wedding anniversary, Chris. So a few years ago now. And I said, I'm, I'm heading off. And they said, oh, where are you taking your wife? I said, well, we're going for dinner at the Ritz, right? So, you know, I like nice places and nice wine. Anyway, I got to the Ritz and I sat down with my wife. And uh, before I had a chance to order any wine, a waiter came over and said, uh, we have a complimentary bottle of champagne for you here, sir. And I went looking around. Who do I know in this restaurant? Nobody. And, um, and I read this sort of note and it said compliments of, um, you know, Mr. Peter and Mr. Dick Davner. So they didn't need to do that, right? They didn't need to send me a bottle of champagne. At the Ritz, which must have cost a few quid, we had no signed engagement. We were just engaging with each other. But they enjoyed the connection, and they saw that there was possibly worthwhile building a relationship with me in that sort of, remember that ROI, that seeking out that relationship, that opportunity, that idea? Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget that. And, you know, like, let's say it cost them 100 quid even. 100 quid to be for me to tell the story, you know, six years later. Crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, fantastic story that.
2: You need to surprise and delight people, you know. Your reputation actually is very interesting. Reputationally is is everything is about do what you say you're going to do. That's your reputation, basically. But an outstanding reputation means doing more than you say you're going to do. And that's what they did. And they've consistently done that. And, when I gave them some feedback and uh, that possibly one of the challenges with the Lend and Learn is somebody needed to be in control of, you know, that Lend and Learn and that, that sort of investor relationship on the ground. Because Dick and Peter just brilliant at property, you know. And, um, you know, they proudly kind of rolled out Guy who's just, a, a, you know, a brilliant chap and, uh, you know, is so supportive. Of the SaaS community, just got the power of SaaS switched the light on. And went, wow! You know, <clears throat> and not just SaaS money because collaborations take many shapes. Chris, it's not just about property and SaaS, but it's just about people doing things together. And I think he mentions that joint ventures can mean many things to many people, didn't he?
1: Indeed, and I uh, just want to pick up on on uh, a phrase that you use there, Kevin, which is Lend and Learn, which our our members, obviously, our members of the foundation program, Seven Steps, will be familiar with that. But for some Mm -hmm. listening, they may not. Would you like to elaborate slightly on that?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's leverage in action, really. So going back to what I said a few podcasts ago, Chris, about ROIs, you know, and you can tell where you are on your journey by the ROIs you're seeking. And uh, one of the fundamental ROIs, the return on something that we're looking for in uh, on our wealth-building journey is return on intellect, which means education. And one of the best ways, most effective ways, lowest-cost ways, because you're bringing leverage to the table, you're not just buying education as you would from a course seller or from a mentorship. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those two things, but the Lend and Learn just says, look, The person who's got all the knowledge, all the experience, all that collateral and decades worth of of good practice, like JBIP have, would they be willing to share some of that if you were to give them something that they're seeking, which is say funding? And put aside due diligence, which we need to talk about, of course, in a minute. But let's say you've done your due diligence, you know, you're happy that they can do what they're gonna do, but also they bring a shape to the relationship, which is about knowledge share and about collaboration. So you can see everything, learn everything, and participate at an iterative level. In other words, you get your hands on it like an entrepreneur should do. It's not a classroom. Then you get the leverage of the relationship and the leverage of the return on your money. And in many cases, you know, you can get a return on your investment, which is higher than you get conventionally, let's say, in the stock market but you've leveraged it with an additional layer of knowledge, an additional layer of interaction. And, uh, and I think that's very, very powerful.
1: Yeah. And it's one talk- of the
2: most powerful strategies of all, Chris. Sorry to interrupt
1: mm-hmm. you there. Mm-hmm. And we talked about due diligence. In fact, back in episode 24, we talked about due diligence and there being five steps of due diligence, which I'll just mm-hmm. recap, personal, product, people, property, and process. Yeah and guy we talked about mitigating risk what would you like to add to this area kevin
2: well risk mitigation starts off really with the people who you know are presenting the joint venture because it's what's interesting when you think about joint ventures and property and of course this is property joint ventures not in business joint ventures although it could be business if you think about the point about bringing all the funding do you remember he said that If you bring all the funding and they bring all the knowledge, then you're in business with them 50-50. But it's business for a project. It's not business for life, you know, which is fundamentally a different thing. But the due diligence starts with understanding their values and their risk mitigation. Do you remember Mike Davis called it a risk register? Mm. He talked about registering the risk, managing the risk, and and being completely transparent about what the risks are. And, And Guy mentioned that, you know, it's possible to lose money in any venture, all ventures, not just joint ventures, any venture you undertake on your own is risk. But it's how they show you, they mitigate that risk, and then how you understand how they do that, and then how you check that. And of course, one of the things we're very proud of at Wealth Builders is you know, we do a lot of due diligence work on behalf of our members, and we've probably done hundreds and hundreds of maybe 500 or so, maybe more, actually. I've lost count, to be honest. Of joint venture agreements and connections, and not one of them has lost money. So you know, I'm not saying we're foolproof because nobody is. But the due diligence and the effort that people put in, and you know, when things go wrong, integrity is always a thing you look for. Do people honour, even when things go wrong, their side of the bargain? In my experience with JBIPs, they do, and that's why I'm proud to be kind of you know helping them, and uh, that's why I was delighted when. They asked me to sort of help even just create a webinar and help almost craft their document to send to investors so they could they could see what the various parts of that relationship could look like. And you know, the multiple ROIs you can get from connecting to a good organization. And there are many good organizations. We know JVRP just happens to be one of those. And, um, you know, we did a webinar with them recently where they demonstrated what they do and how they do it. And uh, if anybody is remotely interested in what they do and what the webinar looks like, then I'm sure, Chris, you can put a link uh, so people can see that and then get a chance to see, not just, not whether you're interested in, in, in JBRPs so much, that's not really my thing. It's you get a chance to see how good organizations craft a very skillful message that bring multiple ROIs to their investors so that if you ever want to get to that point on your own journey where you're looking for investors, there's good practice in what they do. And then you can learn that practice and begin to start crafting your own set of documents. You'll see they created documents. We call those documents 10 Pillars of Trust. I won't go into that, Chris, today. But, you know, we helped them craft that and they absolutely thanked us for that and to keep it to a very succinct level. And I would say anybody equally who wants to see how to craft documents, if you're ready to begin to seek investors, you know, get in contact because we're really good at that and we can help you professionalize that kind of fundraising, whether you're in business or whether you're in property or whatever you're doing, there's always a way to skillfully craft an argument that uh, makes investors feel predisposed to want to get to know more. And that's all you can do at the beginning is just build relationships. And I think I've talked enough about JBIP and how they build relationships and I will commend them for the work they've done and how they've approached and how open they are to learning things as I shared it with them. So, uh, you know, good, good on them, I say.
1: Yeah, well, we'd be happy to share the link to, Uh, obviously all the information the webinar anyone listening who emails hello at wealthbuilders.co.uk that's a very quick and simple way to get in touch with us and if Mm -hmm. any questions that you might have about anything that's uh, the email address of course we've got the facebook community where Mm -hmm. we have over a thousand people sharing with one another and uh, that's wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash facebook Mm -hmm. and um Joint venture pillar is number seven, Kevin. Was yeah. it by chance or by design that that was number seven? Seeing as it kind of links all of the other pillars together,
2: um, I'd like to say it was by design, Chris. <laughs> but uh, I think um, I think there was an element to that. It's I just happen to remember them in the order that I created them in my head. So, but they're not in any particular order of importance, you know. So whether you're looking at your own you know, home capacity, whether you're looking at pensions or investments, and then you slip round to property, and then business and, and IP and JVs, or joint ventures, it's, it's just how I happen to phrase them. But I do think it does round it off very, very nicely, because it is all about, you know, you don't have to do things on your own. And I think that's very powerful To to think in a world where now we're kind of socially isolated, then, you know, to be able to connect and collaborate with others without the need to see them. Uh, Is very powerful leverage, Chris, and uh, you know it's it's good to see, and I'd like to see more of it. And uh, welcome anybody's ideas on what they're doing to you know bring whatever offering they're making to a much wider world of investors and collaborators.
1: Mm. And it's you know something that's so great about the seven steps and the seven pillars model is that it's very unique. Every person will have their own combination of pillars and their own strategies, their own leverage that they bring to play here. Mm. And, um, you know, no one has an identical wealth building journey. Would you say, Kevin?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like, it, you know, seven, seven ways to build wealth should be easy to be able to follow. But it's the unique combination of each individual's wealth dynamic, each individual's source of leverage. Each individual's experience when they turn the wheel, each dif- each person's different approach to what they're looking for, their time, you know, what it's just a wonderful thing when you see people doing the same strategy, but in slightly different ways, you know. So there's only seven ways to build wealth. We can't ever, but well, we still know there's that standing, talking about champagne with JVIP, mm-hmm. Chris. We've still got that case of champagne, it's still it's, waiting. It's maturing wealth, every year. You know? <laughs> It's definitely getting better. So <laughs> one day soon, somebody's going to say, you know what, Kev? I've got number eight for you. And I'll be happy to send that case and deliver it personally if, uh, if we're allowed to do so, but certainly send it to you anyway and shake you by the hand if that time ever comes again um, and say, thank you very much. You've expanded the IP and give you all due credit for it. So you guys out there, you've got time on your hands. Start thinking about, you know, is there another pillar that I've missed? Uh, well, OK, I'd be thrilled if it was because, you know, you'd be changing my life. So you'd be my ROI, that idea that changes um, and com- d- d- dramatically changes the way I look at wealth. So uh, we'll see if we get it next week, Chris.
1: We will. And uh, if you've enjoyed listening to today's episode and you're enjoying the Wealth Talk podcast, then we would appreciate giving us some love and uh, we've made it even easier now for people to leave reviews. Sometimes they, uh, they weren't sure, Kevin, you know, do we go to iTunes and Spotify can't see anywhere to leave reviews. So we've made it super easy now. Um, You can head to wealthbuilders.co.uk forward slash review and just drop us a message right there. Real easy. Takes just a minute or so and uh, we would love to read out your feedback on a future show.
2: Well, look, we've all got a little bit more time. So, you know, we're giving a lot of our time and I've done now. What's this, 55? Uh Um, I'm hoping somebody out there can give 55 seconds, you know, for our 55 episodes. That would be nice. (laughs) Go on, leave a review. Do us a favor. Make us feel special. We're isolated too, you know. We would like to collaborate with you and even for 55 seconds every time.
1: We would appreciate that. And I appreciate your time today, Kevin. Be fun as always. We'll catch up on yeah. the next episode
2: of Wealth Talk. I'm looking forward to it, Chris. See ya.
0: We hope you enjoy today's episode. Don't forget that we are constantly updating our resources inside the Wealth Builders membership site to help you create, build, and protect your wealth. Head over to wealthbuilders.co.uk/slash membership right now for free access. That's wealthbuilders.co.uk/slash membership.